suicide. It's not, in fact, painless, as the MASH theme would have you believe. Did you, Actually, did you know those lyrics were written by the director Robert Altman's 14-year-old son? No. That's pretty disturbing. Huh. Different people view the act of suicide as anything from a damnable one to just being selfish to a humane act. It might even be downright inevitable. But it affects everyone in their orbit. And for those people who are trying to maintain a relationship that's clouded by a pervasive death wish with these folks, this episode of Important Question asks whether it's worth it. We're your hosts. I'm Gordon. And I'm Caleb. Now, as Siri so wisely advised us in an earlier episode about bridge jumping, if you are seriously contemplating your final exit, and if you're listening to this podcast right now, you probably are, please do call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and you'll find that listed in the episode notes. And for God's sakes, stop listening this very second, because I can tell you that 15 minutes spent with Caleb in your ear can induce more trigger warnings than a Glock manual for Parkinson's victims. <laughs> or, you know, just ask your digital assistant like Siri, except for Cortana, because that bitch has had it in for you from day one. <laughs> so, Caleb, let's turn this to you. Would you end a relationship with a suicidal person in three, two, one? No. Yes. Asterisk. <laughs> I love how you vocalize asterisk <laughs> and you pronounce it correctly. It's not asterisk, it's asterisk. I have a few things going for me. Well, why don't you go ahead and share with me, why are you a masochist? <laughs> I guess if you put it that way, I changed my answer. See how uh, I did that, I led the witness. Yeah, you're a jerk. Um, no, I think it's because, uh, you know, I wouldn't, at least not during their deepest depression, you know, I think it's my responsibility. If I have a legitimate relationship with someone, it's my responsibility to facilitate help. It's probably because it's likely my fault that they are suicidal to begin with. This is true. Um, I could count the ways that I could drive someone to suicide. That'll be a later episode. You know, you don't, okay. don't start yeah. the count yet. Okay. That, that's, a, that's a long scroll you have at the easy access. Yeah. Why are you unrolling that? That's you're a jerk. Let, let's save that for when the podcast <laughs> devolves into like we have nothing left to talk about. Which is going to be very soon yeah. i'm sure um no it's usually suicide is is something that's indicative generally of, of deeper issues than most people really can grasp or, or fathom and that's why i think suicidal people need to get into therapy and things like that to really unpack those things and if i'm in a relationship with someone the chances are that i may be one of the only stable things in that person's life and so i think it's the responsibilities on me to help them through the suicide now after they get help I would be much more willing and comfortable to say we've got to we've got to cut it off because that then infringes in my ability to function correctly, honestly. Yeah. And as horrible as that sounds, it's it's true. So but during the actual suicidal portion of their life, I, I just don't feel I could I could leave them. There's a local mental health facility. That I don't know if it's a chain or not, but I always really like their slogan. It was charter and it was charter hospital. If you don't get help here, at least get help somewhere. Oh, I, so I always like that sentiment. I thought it that is. was good. It is nice. But for me, you know, I, I've actually, I've had a, what I would think is a surprising number of suicidal friends and acquaintances. That and makes I, sense. That makes sense. And it, it had me starting to wonder if maybe there's like a chicken egg scenario after a while. It's like, is this just me? Am I the, what's the common factor in all of these relationships? And I don't mean suicidal as in habitually, chronically, and I don't mean in the Dr. Dre sense. <laughs> suicide. If anything can alleviate yeah, your, that might your help. suicide. Yeah, a little chronic. On the, on the prescription tip. But um, a lot of these folks I found, eventually they, they bottom out, to, for lack of a better term, and they end up finding Jesus and God. And to be honest, that 
it kind of makes me a little sad sometimes. Um, I don't know why. And that's probably topic for another episode, but truth told, I mean, I'm not just going to abandon someone in their time of need. If someone calls, and they need my help. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a prolonged relationship. And I would likely, I would, I'd probably stick it out longer than is healthy for me, selfishly speaking. But I think I, I could cut those ties eventually before it gets way out of whack. So you wouldn't be that person who works at a suicide hotline and tells people to just jump kind of like a uh, tender Branson from the old uh, Chuck Palahniuk survivor novel. The guy who has his number accidentally printed in a newspaper advertising a suicide hotline, right? Yeah, he's sort of a saboteur, an inside yeah. man. Just do it. Maybe it's just the uh, that opportunity presented itself. He, I don't think he, if I remember correctly, he didn't actually put his number in there. It just no, happened. somebody called him by mistake one day and he ran he, with it. Yeah, he ran with it. So really, yeah. I mean, he's the victim, really. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Van Halen song, Jump. I might as well jump. That's not what it's about, though. It's about seizing opportunities. Have you seen the video, in. though? It makes me want to It kind of makes you want to yeah, jump. Yeah, it does. Yeah. There's a lot of crotch shots, if I remember correctly. There are, yeah. That's a low camera angle, very, very flattering to the junk. Mm -hmm. Nothing else about that video is flattering to anyone <laughs> in it, but yeah. I think I would tend to end a relationship with a suicidal person more quickly if it was a romantic entanglement as opposed to a, a platonic one, a friendly one. Um, certainly not family. If it's my family or it's my wife, I'm I'm there for life. Mm -hmm. Literally for life, quote, quote. Whose life, uh, though? That's the trick. Mine. Okay. Obvi. Well, then you could just be there not very long, depending on how <laughs> yeah. the other person decided to go with it. Because I think of like romantic relationships as very, and maybe it's just my own personal experience, as being very kind of ten tenuous and tentative. It's someone that you maybe haven't known very long, and they start throwing the, these threats at you. You know, this sort of perpetual suicidal person. Oh, if I don't... If I can't have you, I don't know what I'll do with myself. Or, <laughs> da, 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 da. And I don't have a, I have a pretty short tether on that kind of, I've never yeah. experienced that personally. I've never <laughs> been the object of someone's uh, suicidal desires, but a friend or family member, I'm going to stick with you. But someone like that, I think, I think I could, I think I could cut the cord on them pretty quickly. Uh, how, how, how deep do you think you would go? I mean, is it, you can't, couldn't just like, you know, hide the knives and bury the guns and just kind of call your work done. I mean, like, would you, right. would you go a little further? Like what exactly would you, and I'm asking, I'm asking for, for a friend, not for, not for me. I, I always thought we should read, it's too late now, 12 <laughs> episodes in or 13 episodes in. I always thought we should rename this podcast asking for a friend. <laughs> because that's like what all of these hypothetical questions really are, right? I like it's not it. for me. It's not for me. Yeah, I like it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> now we've got the web domain and all that shiz to deal with. So. Ugh, those are expensive. Um, but you bring up an interesting point, though, because it, it makes me wonder, you know, what if I'm going to put you right here on the spot? All right. Okay. Someone asks you why they shouldn't do it. Think fast. What do you tell them? Uh, because I love you. That, that's that's it. And if and if my love isn't enough, well then fuck them. Do it then. <laughs> do Fine. It. Do it. Because the window's closed. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Is that a better answer? Uh, well, it kind of goes back to the idea of hiding the knives and, and the bullets, you know. Yeah. Um, because I haven't hid the knives or the bullets yet. Yeah. Is that better? I, I, I've I'm not very that. good at this. I, I thought about that briefly when I asked the question. Like, I imagine someone saying, what well, reason do I have to live, Gordon? And then my silence being a little too long. That's because I think if someone asked that, they're looking for an excuse, a silence. No matter what you say, it's going to be. Now, I've been, I, I, take, uh, I take antidepressants and I've never been suicidal, but I have insight into the idea that someone who is depressed and where I'm equating depression with suicide. I mean, let's say that that's the reason for someone wanting to commit suicide mm -hmm. is they're clinically depressed. I, uh, I've been in the position where there is no light at the end of the tunnel and the deaths 
speak, but in, in the <laughs> in the better grass is greener sort of sense. Right. Um, but where everything that anyone says is always going to be misconstrued or twisted in my mind to be negative. Like yeah. someone could be like, hey, you're going to get, you know, your paydays today. That's good. And I can say, yeah, but then tomorrow it just starts yeah. over the two week period. And it's going to be two weeks until exactly, exactly. And it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a vicious, you know, not to use the cliche, but it is, it is a cycle. It's something that's very difficult to get out. And for me personally, it needed medication to get out of that because it was literally, no matter what someone said, there was I was always looking at the negative aspect or the negative negative repercussions of whatever it is they said. So I think in that in your particular case, that's probably what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know that you couldn't, if they did immediately jump off of a bridge after you hesitated too long, I don't think you could necessarily blame yourself for that. They're already too far gone at that point. To so be Caleb, what do I have to live for? Nothing at all. I know. I mean, no, you have like, uh, I'm, you know, where you were in your studio, you have, uh, but my studio is old. You have a cool fraggle rock stuffed animal. That's Wembley. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's though. like 35 years old. What, what about now? I mean, things just gone really downhill for me and I know they have, you're right. That's yeah. You suck at this. I already proved that. <laughs> Two questions ago, I proved that. And I'm the one who said I'd cut off the relationship, and you're the one who said you'd tough it out. If if I genuinely thought you were suicidal, just so everybody knows, I would definitely um, have brought a knife. Uh, like a... For you, for you, yeah. For me, not yeah, for yeah. you to no. help in aiding... No, no, no. Oh, no, I wouldn't do... No, I don't want blood on my hands, literally and figuratively. You motherfucker. <laughs> well, you know, I just... Here's, here's my advice to you as a friend. Um, remember when slitting your wrists, it's down the highway, not across the street. That's how you get the, you know, down the, down the wrist, not across the street. Um, which is, that's solid advice. It's a, it's solid advice. And it makes me wonder if there's other clever phrases that you could use. Like, you know, if you're, if you're going to commit some suicide, if you're going to, you're like, today's the day I'm going to rally up some suicide. I'm going to commit some of it. Uh, you know, would you say like, maybe if you're hanging yourself. Did you just say I'm going to commit some of it? I'm going to commit a little bit of suicide today. It's like being a little bit pregnant. I'm going to, I'm going to test out the suicide waters. You know what I mean? Dip a toe in the, uh, in the acid bath, you know, whatever. Uh, Do people do that? You're a Marvel superhero now. (laughs) I'm going to get powers. Maybe that's what people think. If I jump, if I jump into this vat of acid, I'm going to emerge as friggin' daredevil or who, who wouldn't have had a vat of acid? Uh, all of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much it. No, like if you're hanging yourself with a rope, could you like come up with a funny quip? Like, hey, when hanging yourself with a rope, make sure you find the strongest beam in your palace or risk only paralysis. It, who is this for? <laughs> Someone who's hanging themselves with a rope. This is like a public service now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> who sponsors this type of stuff? Rope companies. There you go. Yeah. Hemp. Uh, it's big hemp. Yeah. God, big hemp. And you know, it's, it's, it, this is the thing. Newspapers, as they sell less and less, you know, you don't need twine as much anymore to recycle newspapers. Right. The twine company's got to do something. If you're going to garrot yourself, right. uh, use our twine. I love garrot as a verb. It's so good. It's a noun and a verb. I love it. It is good. I was thinking back to something we said earlier and I should apologize for all of that before you think back on something earlier, because yeah. I realize this is a serious topic and I'm just, well, I'm just not a serious person. So de- please be tolerant. And if you're not tolerant, please refer to our previous episode. The good news is in the course of this podcast, that is the amount of time you're keeping me on the line, as they say, in like the hostage taking business, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, you know I guess that that's true. Yeah. I'm going to last at least through the 18 So I am a hero. This. Well, thank you. You're the hero this podcast needs, but definitely not the one it wants. <laughs> Thinking back to what we were talking about earlier about reasons to live and being put in that situation, it reminded me that most of the experiences that I've had with, with friends um, have been their suicidal justifications were not, maybe they were depressed, clinically depressed, but it was mainly because of others. It was things that other people did. Oh, my kid did this. My lover is like this. They're doing this. And what I would say to those people, if they asked me about it, is that 
it's a cliche, but it's living is the best revenge. Don't let someone else hmm. best you. And don't let someone else be the reason that you're not on this earth anymore. Fuck them. Mm-hmm. Look out for number one. Yeah, that sounds sort of a kitten poster hang in there, but uh, I, I, I can agree with that. I'm trying to think back to my pre-medicated depressed state and how I would respond to that. Because I really like the, uh, the, 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 the dialogue we were having going about me trying to, you, you trying to find holes in every possible scenario. Yeah. So in that case, I would basically, I think it would really, that probably wouldn't stop me because it's other people that I wasn't concerned with anyway. So I don't know that I would necessarily be swayed by that if I were on, if I were on the ledge. Well, that, that was my point was that most of my experience has been, it was an external reason. Oh, And that yeah, you shouldn't let right. an external reason be, that's not good enough for suicide. Gordon and I literally just talked about how I don't listen to what he says. And then I ask questions or reiterate exactly what he said. Uh, and that was the case right here. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. You should probably get some people to, you should probably get better friends to listen to you. Yeah. I mean, I like to think we have a good audience, but it turns out the only audience I'm for sure about is the audience of one that's saying, And I'm Caleb J. Ross. Wait, did we already do that part? Yeah, it was about 15 minutes ago. I was reading a pamphlet. (laughs) We do have a sponsorship this week. Our sponsor today is Bottled Crocodile Tears. Hmm. I guess these are, for, they didn't give me any ad copy. So I'm guessing a crocodile tears, that's like someone who's just crying to try to evoke a reaction out of you. Like it's a fake kind of dramatic cry, like a suicidal type person might do. Hmm, yeah. And I guess if, if these were available for purchase, someone could could take advantage of that and just like cry on demand and elicit sympathy and boo-hoo and fucking then the next thing you know, you're the the person's, you know, hosting a podcast series. <laughs> Maybe it's like you send, you, it's, a, it's a service that sends letters to your loved ones saying that you've died. Oh, and yeah. then so then and but it, and like there's a drone that films a reaction and right. some yeah. I I'd probably order one of those. I do have one correction uh, for this episode. In episode eleven, would you be uglier or dumber? I quoted Socrates as having said that he was the wisest man in the world because he realized he did not yet know everything. Very, very wise, very wise. But upon further research, I found some original texts that stated that the real reason Socrates thought himself the wisest man is because he was, as quoted by Plato in his symposium, an egomaniacal douchebag. I remember reading that. Yeah, in, in, it in comes back to you, class. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You forget about you forget about those things, but when you when they send again, yeah. The origin of the word douche. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's actually where it came from. It was the aqueducts, uh, Greeks and Romans and stuff, and they they invented the douche. What they would do is they would have a a a, a, a vaginally unclean woman um, lay at the bottom end of the aqueducts, lie, at the end of the- and then Socrates's friend would punch his other friend in the face for correcting his grammar. First, this first what would happen. Then all of the runoff from the city would just clean her vagina out, and they called it a du- they called it a douche. In Greek, it was like douche or du- du- And the result of that was the vomitorium. Yeah, that was the yep. Yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Yep. You, it all comes together. Podcast. It all comes together. Why don't we bring things to a dramatic close here, Caleb? Let's let people know that they can reach us on Twitter at Important Pod <laughs> or individually. I am at Gordon Highland. I'm Caleb J. Ross. Ease this man's tears, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Subscribe, please. iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker. You can find the last nine or ten episodes or so on SoundCloud. Um, please leave comments, uh, reviews on importantquestionpodcast.com. And until next week, we'll see you. <laughs> Important question.